If your boyfriend could be the character in a 90s teen film and he's the villain, you need to dump him. This is a wake up (laughs) call if you're listening to this. Well, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. It's uh, week two of Spooktober. It is. Oh my god, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre last night. Oh wow, how'd you like it? It is so... It's like the original slasher film. It made me mm-hmm. unwell. It, it wasn't yeah. even... It was obviously scary to an extent, but it wasn't even like... I was like, oh my god, I'm scared out of my mind. It was like, right. I feel ill. I feel <laughs> ill and I feel disgusted. Yeah. And I found out later because Phil and I were reading about it because neither of us really knew that it was like actually quite an acclaimed film. Oh. Like people have like analyzed this film and there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of nuance to it. And like the director is really good and the camera work is really good and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it was actually, or it was like a horror film, but one of the central themes that the director had in mind was like meat and it's actually been used to promote vegetarianism. Oh. Yeah. Because it's about like a cannibalistic um, family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never seen it. I never would have thought that that would have been the message though. <laughs> At least partially, like not. Right. Yeah. How was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. I um, I've decorated my apartment a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got some gourds. I got a little skeleton friend. I did see that. It looks really good. Yeah. It's very cute. He's like covering his mouth. So I feel like every time I look past him, it's like I've told him something scandalous. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, I could never. Oh my God. (laughs) Tucks hair behind ear. (laughs) And I got some like fake flowers because Michael's has all of the Halloween stuff already half off. Because they yeah. know that Halloween is not really happening this year. Damn. So I took advantage of that. So I went to Michael's like a little bit ago to buy a frame. And I saw yeah. just like this fucking wonderland of decor. Yeah. A wonderland. Yeah. It was my first time being in like a retail store besides a grocery store since like before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I like almost wanted to cry because I love Michael so much. And I was like, wow, things are good in the world. I'm in a Michael's. <laughs> I feel great. It was lovely. Amazing. How was your weekend? No, it was it was good. That's why I was like, I'm in a rare good mood because usually we would record mm. and it was like Saturday was my Friday and mm. I was like, I just worked so much. I feel like yeah. garbage. But now I have mm. a new job. So I feel refreshed yeah. and revitalized. Yes. I love to see it. Mm. And um, we're, we're just going to hop into it. Yeah. Well, first we have... Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot. We have a review that we're going to talk about. This one is from Anya, good friend of the pod. Thank you so much. All the way from the UK. So Anya and I have been like best friends for over 10 years at this point. True. I know her very well. So I put a lot of thought into this. And the song that I decided to go with is Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Because... It is badass, just like she is. And also, I have so many vivid memories of us being in middle school and Anya (laughs) singing this song, being like, big black boots, long brown hair. So I think it's very fitting. Anya, I hope that you listen to this song today. Have a great time. Thank you so much for the review. 
If you would like a shout out in our next episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, DM us to let us know, and we will pick a song to play in the movie montage of your life. Hell yeah. All right. Shall we get into it? I think we shall. I think uh, it's time. So this is actually um, a film which I would say has a lot of, it's like acclaimed. Yes. I think people know it, like some of the movies that we, you know, discuss are more like niche, I guess. But mm. I feel like a lot of people have seen this Halloween movie. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. I don't know if we've said the oh title yet. Like so it's Edward yeah. Scissorhands. 1990? Yeah, 1990. Yeah. I can't believe this movie is that old. That blows my mind. I love this movie so much. I actually usually watch it at Christmas because like the end takes place at Christmas and it that does. like that scene with the ice sculpture is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But I've been watching this movie like since I was born. Like I couldn't even tell you the first time I watched it because I've been watching it my whole life. And I really didn't expect it to hit me the way that it did watching it this time. I finished the movie, got on FaceTime with Mo so we could like combine our notes, just tears streaming down my face. I was a mess. I don't know if it's because we're like older now, but it just yeah. was so heartbreaking. I was like, this is yeah. fucking tragic. Yeah, I really never understood like the weight of it, I think. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm an adult, I'm just like, oh my God, Edward, I love you so much. And I hate you're being mistreated. I hate it so much. Yeah, um, we have an amazing cast in this movie. We just get, yeah. we get Johnny Depp, we get Renona Ryder, we get is it Diane West. Dan Weist. It's W-I-E-S-T. Yes. But she's phenomenal. Yeah. We have Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Yeah. Threw me for a loop. I never realized that was him in this movie. And seeing him as like a beefy jock asshole was like so jarring. But I actually think he does a great job. Yeah. Very different from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, definitely. We also have a little Kathy Baker in here. I don't really know everything all these people have been in. I do love Winona Ryder, but I just know that Mm. there's very notable people performing in this film. Yeah. I'm sure that they will be familiar to you if you are listening right now. The performances across the board are just, like, incredible. I don't think anyone drops a single scene. Oh, you know why I'm thinking I know Kathy Baker? Because I think she looks a lot like Helen Mirren. I'm going to show you a photo. Oh, yeah. I could kind of see it. Yeah. Like a young Helen Mirren. But the point is, everyone is phenomenal in their roles, mm-hmm. like the characterization in this movie, because it's like a mixture between not like Wes Anderson campy, but like leaning towards that, but also with like this ominous like Tim Burton feel that we've mm-hmm. come to know and love and um, a really just like grounded, authentic performances. Yeah, totally. I think what Johnny Depp does with this role is like incredible. He says less than 200 words the whole movie, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. They considered Tom Cruise they really wanted initially. Kind of wild. Yeah, but Tom Cruise said that the ending was too dark and Tim Burton was like, well, I'm not changing the ending. So goodbye, Tom Cruise. And I'm like, thank God, because this would have been a very different movie. Get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah. The movie was also originally supposed to be a musical, which, dear no. God. Thank God that that didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. Thank you to whoever vetoed that one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think this movie is, it's interesting to watch as like a Halloween movie because it definitely is spooky, but it's not spooky in like the traditional way that we think of like monsters and whatever. Because like the scary thing is like the people. Literally, it's more dark and twisted. And Mm -hmm. I think that is like the fundamental thing about like the good Halloween. Well, I mean, I I love some traditional ones too, but like, Mm -hmm. like I would consider the ones that I really enjoy to be more about this like spooky, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like scream and uh, stuff like that. It's all about how the tension builds. Exactly. You like feel it and your chest gets all tight and you're just like, oh my God. That's the tea. Yeah. Should we jump into our second Spooktober film? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. The movie opens up. We see an ominous, snowy 20th Century Fox logo. We hear some of Danny Elfman's incredible score. And then we get the perfect intro title font, Edward Scissorhands. And then we just kind of get this montage of like steampunk, like machinery. It's like an old factory. It's very like quirky and dark as we see the star-studded cast names just flying through. Yes. Winona. Okay. Mm. I love Winona. She absolutely drives me crazy. (laughs) She is the moment. Yeah, she is the moment. She is reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We see this snowy old mansion on the top of a hill. And yeah, it's like seen through the eyes of this old woman looking through her window. And she tucks Mm -hmm. in her granddaughter for bed. And her granddaughter is like, where's the snow coming from? Because I'm pretty sure they're in Florida. And it's just snowing at this one house on top of a hill. And she's like, it's a long story. It's, you know, a very long story. But it all starts with the scissors. And then she gets into the lore of the house on the hill. So once there was a man who had scissors for hands, and he lives in the mansion on top of the mountain. We find out that an inventor used to live there, and he created this man, fit with almost everything, but he was old, and he died before he got to finish the man he invented. So the man was left by himself, and his name was Edward. And at this point, I'm already in tears. I am literally <laughs> unwell. I'm unstable. I need yeah. someone to come get me. I need my mom to pick me up. I need a trusted adult because I'm not okay. <laughs> so next we cut to pastel suburbia. Mm-hmm. All of the houses look exactly the same. They're these like bright colors. I'm like, damn, I wish that suburbia looked this cool. And we see like a woman is watering her lawn. Like people are walking their dogs. And then we see this woman walk up a walkway into the house. She rings the doorbell. Avon calling. I love it. I'm I'm obsessed already. It's so yeah. It's so good. So this woman, Peg, she is an Avon sales lady. She's trying to sell all the products to her friend. But this woman is like, Peg, you know I'm not going to buy anything. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'll see you next week. Yeah. And this woman is also like in curlers, which I love. I'm a big fan. There's so much character acting in this film, but it's amazing. And, you know, Peg just wants to shoot her shot in the cul-de-sac, you know? Yeah, she's hustling. Mm -hmm. So next we meet Joyce. Total cougar energy. She's, like, Mm -hmm. absolutely hitting on this repairman. And Peg, our Avon woman, is, uh, she rings her doorbell next. But Joyce is like, can't you see I'm busy? Slams the door in her face. 
So mm-hmm. Peg goes back to her car and she's like feeling pretty low right now. But in her rear view mirror, um, she sees the old mansion on the top of the hill and she just decides to give it a go. It pans up and you just see this simply gigantic mountaintop and nothing but like suburban houses around it. It's quite the image. Yeah. Peg drives up this huge mountain. It's extremely spooky and she like pries open the gate she is trespassing. She is. She's honestly so bold. I agree. I have no choice but to stand. So she opens the gate and sees this like gorgeous garden with all of this immaculate landscaping. It's like bushes in the shapes of animals. There's one bush that is like in the shape of a giant hand. This movie is like so visually stimulating. I feel like every frame is just like a new opportunity for beauty. Yeah, I think that the visual, like the aesthetic of this movie is just incredibly well thought out. The garden that she like peeps in on is so gorgeous and I think it's later on in the film that makes me quite emotional because you get Mm -hmm. to see this like imaginative inventive side of Edward but Mm -hmm. no one wants to like cultivate that it's like yeah when people find out about like his beautiful capabilities they just use it for their own selfish gain no one actually wants I mean I I do think Peg has a genuine love for him but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people uh, get really selfish when they realize they can capitalize oh, yeah. off of him. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Peg gets up to the mansion door. She knocks, but nobody answers. So naturally she decides to trespass. She walks in and sees this like barren, dusty, dark room, all of this machinery that hasn't been touched in years. And then she hears something coming from upstairs and just decides, why not give it a go? Yeah. And she's like, oh, like, I don't mean to interrupt or like intrude, but I'm selling Avon products, whoever lives here. (laughs) So... She goes upstairs. She's like basically talking to no one. She's like, I don't mean any harm. Like, I think she says, I'm as harmless as cherry pie at one point. So she goes up to the attic and sees this giant hole in the roof. She sees this like straw bed that has tons of like magazine cutouts pinned to the wall, like Mm -hmm. pictures of people. There's like news article clippings and stuff like that. And then she hears this like snipping sound coming from the corner and sees a man sitting there in the dark. And she's just a sweet gal. And she's like, you know, you don't have to hide or be afraid. And she introduces herself. And then she notices he's carrying knives. And she's like, I can I can see you're busy. I'll just go. But when he comes out into the light, he's like, please don't leave. He has been just waiting up there for someone to come and say hello because he's like so lonely. I can't handle sweet it. I... angel. He just wants oh a little bit of company. Ugh. So... She, you know, asks what happened to him, and he's like, I'm not finished. And he holds out his little scissor hands, and she's really shocked to see that scissors are his hands, which at this point, I kind of am angry that his inventor didn't just give him something a little more benign. He could have been yeah. Ed- Edward Stick's hands or like <laughs> yeah. small marshmallow hands. <laughs> yeah, Edward Pillow hands. Literally. But she asks about his parents, and he's like, Dad didn't wake up. And you can tell he's very, you know, underdeveloped. He doesn't really understand what's going on. He's Mm -hmm. like, he's in a man's body or at least a young adult's body. And he's really a child. Yeah. So Peg asked what happened to his face because he has a lot of like scarification on his face. And she's like, you know, at the very least, let me apply some astringent to prevent infection. And then Peg is like, you know what? You should just come home with me. Bolt. 
a bold woman yeah. knows what she wants. Yeah. I don't think if her day hadn't gone so poorly that she would have done this. Yeah. I think she would have just been like, okay, like, this was the thing and now I'm going home, but. Yeah, I really love, like, the parallels between Edward and Peg. Like, I think their relationship is so special Mm -hmm. and they're just two very, like, I think very unfulfilled, lonely, desperate people. It just manifests in different ways because of their environments. Totally. I think it's super interesting. So Peg drives Edward home. They're sitting in the car. Edward has the cutest little smile on his face. Oh, he is so like happy. He's so stoked. Yeah, he's just like in awe of suburbia. He like sees a slip and slide and he tries to point to it and like almost stabs Peg because <laughs> he has scissors for hands. He's just like finally experiencing this thing he's longed for forever. And, you know, I think it's, like, very clear that when you're watching the movie, like, you're seeing suburbia through Edward's eyes, which is why it's so, like, fantastical. And I feel like everything's so heightened because that's how it feels to him. I definitely get that. I don't know if I think it's through Edward's eyes or just, like, Tim Burton's eyes, which are Mm -hmm. almost the same. Because, like, yeah, according to every, like, all the interview stuff that I read, it's, like, Mm -hmm. that character is based off of him in a very heightened, fantastical way. Totally. So as they're driving, all of the neighbors see that Peg has this man in her car. And being the nosy Nellies that Mm -hmm. they are, they rush to their phones, all call each other to gossip. Like, who's the guy in the car? Did she tell you she was having a visitor? Like, what's the deal? They're all freaking out. Yes. They get to Peg's home and Edward is so happy. You know, they go inside. Very Americana. Mm. Um, She shows Edward photos of her husband, Bill, her son, Kevin, and her daughter, Kim. She's like, she's a senior now, if you can believe it. Ed is just smitten. And Peg is like, that's Mm -hmm. my family. And the way that they have her voice and like the, just the setup, like scenically, like, I don't think there's any music playing at this point, but just the way that they set it up for him to be introduced, it makes it so heartwarming and like moving. And just like, there's like a lot of like weight to this moment Mm -hmm. that he's introduced. Yes. So she gives Edward some clothes to change into and the phone starts ringing. So Peg leads Edward to Kim's room and um, tells him to change while she answers the phone. So in Kim's room, Edward like sees himself in the mirror probably for the first time ever and, you know, is taken aback. He accidentally like nicks his face with his scissors. He then sees that Kim has a waterbed (laughs) and he's like touching it as it's like going up and down and then he accidentally punctures it and then grabs like a stuffed animal to like stop the leak and just puts it on and it makes like the tiniest little squeak noise which i think is just a beautiful comedic (laughs) moment oh my gosh i always wanted a waterbed and it's because of this movie they look so nasty to me but more power to you (laughs) i mean i wouldn't want one now yeah for sure but as a kid i was like i must have one someday So Edward tries to put on the clothes, but it is a struggle because he has scissors for hands. Mm -hmm. So we then cut to Peg, who's on the phone with Marge, and she's like filling her in on Edward. And then she's like, I gotta go, goes back into the room and helps Edward finish getting dressed. Meanwhile, the neighbors are all convening and discussing, except for Esmeralda. 
And when the husbands come back home, you can see the cars just like drive on into the cul-de-sac. The women literally dip. They split. They're like sprinting back to their houses, which I think Mm -hmm. is just like a really funny addition. You can tell that there is a lot of like, there's like the housewife and the working man. That's like the neighborhood structure. Mm -hmm. So we go back to Peg and Edward. She's trying to help him like cover the scars on his face. And she is like, you know what? I think I have a doctor friend that can help you. And like, I'm going to help you with these scars. But first I have to consult the Avon handbook. (laughs) She brings out this giant ass like textbook. Yes. Later that evening, Edward is at dinner um, with Peg and her family, except for Kim because Kim is on a trip. But Edward tries to hold the utensils in his hand. He can't pick a damn thing up. Kevin is staring and Peg's husband, Bill, is like, so, Ed, in that big place all by yourself, you know, you must have an amazing view. The view must be spectacular. (laughs) We're like, okay, dad. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. But, you know, everyone's generally kind and Kevin is like, Edward's hands are cool. And he's like, you could like destroy someone with them. Can I bring you in to show and tell? (laughs) Meanwhile, Edward is just can't even eat a pea. Can't eat a damn pea. You could have given him anything to eat. You gave him peas. He can't pick those up. You're joking. Is that a joke? Give him something else. (laughs) So after dinner, Peg tucks Edward into Kim's bed and assures him that soon he'll feel right at home. And he's just lying there, all tucked in. An angel. Looking a little nervous. Yeah, he's in a new environment. It's a new world. Yeah. So in the morning, all the husbands go off to work as per usual. The pastel cars, same colors as the houses. Mm. And, you know, the women, the women get to spend their day. So Peg is putting concealer on Edward. She's like, blending is the secret which is true. (laughs) And she says that like his face is so pale that she has to like put some lavender color in like the foundation. Which sounded normal to me until she did it. Yeah. Dude's face is like fully purple at the end of this. And she's like, you know what? Maybe we just need to cover up the scars and start with a smooth surface and just starts whacking paste on his face. Awful. Terrible. But like Edward is the sweetest soul. He doesn't complain. He just lets her do what she's doing and smiles through it. Yeah. This scene is like so tragic. And it's just like, you know, Peg can't do makeup well, even though she's this Avon sales lady. And, you know, Edward Mm -hmm. isn't able to like assimilate guess he's always going to look different. And they're both just failing, but they're failing together and they care for each other. Mm -hmm. So later that day in the yard, Bill is trimming the hedges and he's listening to a baseball game. This actually might be on the weekend, like might be the next day because he's not at work. But oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So he's listening to this baseball game on the radio and um, Edward goes outside and he just starts trimming the hedges as well as uh, Bill is like clipping. He clips a tree (laughs) or a bush, whatever. And being the artiste that he is, he begins to trim the hedge into a T-Rex, into a T-Rex, people. A wholesome Mm -hmm. activity for a wholesome boy. Mm -hmm. meanwhile back inside peg's answering machine is just like completely full with all of the nosy neighbors being like tell us about this boy that's staying at your house like what's the deal Mm -hmm. when can we come over they just are salivating at the thought of anybody new coming into this this space yeah it's very interesting it's very Mm -hmm. um these ladies are interesting but we'll get to that so Mm -hmm. 
in the yard, Edward still going at it. He trims another hedge into their family, like mom, dad, yeah. brother, sister, and everything. And Kevin uses the hose on Edward's hands, but Bill's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to oil those babies up or he'll rust. <laughs> Peg sees the hedges and she's impressed. And their crazy neighbor, Esmeralda, sees Edward and she's like, it's not heaven he's from. It's straight from the stinking flames of hell. The power of Satan is in him. I can feel it. Can't you? And then she books it out of there. And Bill's like, yeah, she's a loony tune. Don't pay her any mind. Poor Edward. He's just minding his business, making some art. And this crazy lady has to come and insert herself. So all of the neighbors decide to band together and basically storm the Boggs house. Yeah. They all show up. They knock on Peg's door. She answers and they all want to meet him. And then Joyce is like, oh, yeah, what time is the barbecue? And she's like, barbecue? And she's like, well, you intend to show your guests hospitality by introducing them to your friends, don't you? And they basically invite themselves over at five o'clock for this barbecue. Mm -hmm. As they're all talking at the door, Esmeralda walks over from her front lawn and she calls Ed a perversion of nature. And then Joyce is like, well, isn't that exciting? And then Peg calls for Bill and she's like, Bill, people are coming. It does seem interesting that they're like intrigued instead of immediately Mm -hmm. like, get them out of here. They just want, they want spice in their life. They want something interesting to happen to them. Oh, yeah. So bad. So in the kitchen before the barbecue, they're doing preparations. Peg makes deviled eggs. Edward chops up the lettuce. He accidentally cuts himself and Peg is like, you know, there's no need to be nervous. Esmeralda won't be there and everyone is very nice. And she's just like, be your own sweet self. (laughs) My heart. And we just see the image of uh, Edward looking at the automatic can opener and it's swirling away as we Mm. melt into the next scene. Yes, then we go into a flashback. We see the old factory machinery at the mansion. It's like an assembly line that makes cookie batter, then cuts it into shapes and then bakes it. It's very cool. The old inventor, a.k.a. Edward's dad, is, like, observing his invention at work. He picks up one of the heart-shaped cookies, and then he sees one of his robots that's, like, it looks like it's chopping lettuce. I'm like, if this is a cookie factory, I don't know why there's lettuce here, but it's not important. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So he sees his robot that's, like, chopping stuff Mm -hmm. and holds the heart up to it, and that is the inspiration to make Edward. He seems like such a good dad. He's just a lonely old inventor, man. Yes. At the barbecue, Edward is a little overwhelmed, but he, you know, he's holding his own, I think. He's doing as well as he can be. Mm -hmm. Joyce is very into Edward uh, because he's so different. Do you imagine Mm -hmm. those hands are hot or cold? Just think what a single snip could do or undo. She's actually batshit crazy. These women are so titillated right now. Just literally orgasm-deprived, busybody housewives. Yeah. Edward is grilling veggies on his hands, you know, over the flame. He's being a very helpful man. And then this guy comes up to Edward and he's like, Look, I took some shrapnel in the war and now I have no feeling in my leg. But do not let anyone tell you that you're handicapped. And then Joyce is like, he's not handicapped. He's exceptional. And then she like insists that he tries this ambrosia salad that she made just for him. I cannot believe that Americans eat this. It blows my mind. I looked it up because I've never like had it or seen it before. And that 
I'm not sorry. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum, but that looks disgusting. I'm sorry. I can't get on board yeah, with it. Yeah, I think American food Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If you feel differently, DM me, let us know. American food is, like, not good. I was telling this to, to Phil the other day. I was like, American food is, like, French food without any flavor. Mm. You know? Because, like, French are like, oh, we're going to do vegetables. Yeah. We're going to, like, do all this stuff to it and prepare it this way and add cream. Mm. And Americans are like, it's just green beans, salt and pep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're, you're lucky. lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I guess when I think of, like, American food, it's all just, like, junk food or unhealthy. Yeah, like, like, Doritos like and, like, fast food and stuff. I think of just, like, yeah. a meat and a generic vegetable, like, steamed carrots or, like, green beans. Mm. Yeah. Like, I've never had meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, meatloaf is But super. it doesn't entice me. And, like, um... I don't know. I just feel like pork chops are really Americana. Oh, one thing that's super American that like I still don't understand is like the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top that you guys do at like Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's just so strange. I've had like sweet potatoes, but not with marshmallows. It does seem a little. Well, it's all those like companies, right? They were like, we're going to, you know, invade America and like Coca-Cola and shit. And they were like, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Put the marshmallow with the sweet potato. (laughs) And people are like, great. And it comes in a can even better. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. But yeah, you will never catch me eating ambrosia mm-hmm. salad. I'll tell you that much. So she like takes this giant spoonful of it and shoves it in his <laughs> mouth and makes him eat it. And then all the other housewives come over and start just like feeding him by the spoonful. Poor boy's mouth is overflowing. And they also all ask him to go and trim the hedges at their houses because mm. they saw like the ones in the bog's yard. And Joyce is like, sorry, ladies. He promised to do me first. And then Bill comes over and he's like, all right, <laughs> scatter. Get up. Soup's on. <laughs> yeah. And then Ed, he like holds up Edward's scissor hands with the like vegetables on it. And Edward with his full mouth is like, I thought we were having shish kebab. And he's like, Yeah. It's an expression. Like, don't take everything I say so literally. It's so Just means dinner's ready. It's a little father's yeah. moment. Yeah. That night, Edward is lying awake, and he hears a voice in his head, and it's another flashback. It's Edward's dad teaching Edward about tea time etiquette. But Edward is freshly made, and he doesn't really respond to this, like, this little story that his dad is telling him. So mm. he's like, you know what? Let's read some poetry instead. And then he tells them this little rhyme, this cute little rhyme. And Ed just starts to graze a smile. And you can tell oh. he's happy. The little blades start moving for the first time on his newly developed scissor hands. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in present day, outside of the house, this like van rolls up, has like flames on the side. A bunch of kids get out, like beer cans fall out with them. Awful. Yeah, it's Kim and her friends. They've come back a day early from their camping trip. Kim's boyfriend, Jim, is like, oh, like, I hope my parents didn't set the alarm. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to sleep outside again. Apparently, his parents are super strict. Kim kisses him goodbye and goes into her house. Kim and Jim sitting in a tree. Okay, so Kim walks on into her room. (laughs) My brain is melting. Um, Kim walks on into her room and does not see edward at all but edward sees her and he's like Mm -hmm. and she turns on the lights and edward is like getting really nervous but he he's just he's a shy gal and he doesn't know what to say and (laughs) 
Cam looks yeah. in the mirror. She's literally like squeezing a pimple and then sees Ed, who is obviously shocked and just screams. He punctures the waterbed. You know, she freaks out and screams. Oh Peg God. comes over to calm her down in the hallway and she's like yelling at her parents saying it's an axe murder. It's very chaotic. And Ed is just like yeah. shuffling out of the room soaking wet. That walk that he does is, like, incredible. Yeah, just waddling away, and Bill leads him into the bathroom to clean up. So then down in the basement, Edward is, like, in a complete state of shock. I would be, too, if I punctured a waterbed like that, because it was, like, a fountain. And then Bill is like, oh, sorry, like, did Kim get you flustered? Like, you know, you've been locked away for so long. You probably don't know that much about teenage girls. And then starts pouring them what I assume is like scotch or maybe whiskey. I don't don't really know. And hands some to Edward. And he's like, what is this? And Bill just says, lemonade. Mm -mm. So Bill is like going on and on. He's like talking about puberty. And he's like, oh, yeah, when girls reach a certain age, they develop glands and their bodies swell up and go crazy. Okay, Bill. And Edward's just like glands and then he puts like a straw in edward's drink and edward like slurps it all up in one gulp yeah and man's is fucked up he was not ready for that it's unwell he does this like prolonged like uh, like gag after drinking it i felt so bad i never explicitly say that like he's a robot but i'm like this can't be good for your digestion yeah like does he have i assume he has organs i don't know I don't know. It's all fantastical. We don't even need to question it. <laughs> yeah. So Peg is explaining to Kim why she brought Edward home as she sets up the spare bed in Kevin's room. And Kim is not happy at all about Edward staying with them. But Peg is like, you just need to meet him. You know, just meet him. Start out fresh. So she brings Kim downstairs to officially meet Edward, who is wasted at this moment. Yeah. And literally, she goes down to meet him, and he passes out in front of them, just yeah. right onto the floor. Poor boy. Oh, man. So the next day, Edward is at Joyce's house trimming her hedges, and she's like, oh, you must be thirsty. Let me bring you a refreshment. Brings him some fresh lemonade. Edward hears the word mm. lemonade and throws up on Game the spot. Over. Traumatized already. And it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin brings in Edward for show and tell and he does some tricks with his scissor hands and pulls out this amazing, beautiful little paper garland that he snipped up of all the kids mm. holding hands. And the kids go wild. They're just so happy. And mm-hmm. Kevin is like one shot to the neck and it's all over. He's like hyping him up. You can tell that Edward, you know, yeah. feels good. He feels special right now. It's interesting how the neighborhood, with the exception of like Esmeralda, accepts him so yeah. quickly. Well, like not fully, but like they're just so like enticed and like enchanted by him because he's something mm-hmm. different to their mundane lives. But unfortunately, it doesn't last. But it's nice when it's happening at first. Yeah. So then we see Kim and her friend and Jim all walking down the street. They're like talking about how Edward's hedges are weird. And then Edward is across the street and he spots them and he like yells out to Kim. Kim is super embarrassed and her shitty boyfriend like picks her up and he's like, yeah, she's waiting for you, Eddie. And they're like making fun of him and they all walk away. I'll kill him. I, meanwhile, am seething. I'm filled with rage. Yeah. At dinner that night, Kim's there, Jim's there, and their other friend are all over. 
And Ed is cutting the roast with his hands because he is a helpful and nice human being or a robot, yes. whatever. Yes. Just helpful and nice. Mm-hmm. And Peg is like, oh, didn't someone just have their kitchen done? Jim, uh, didn't your folks redo your kitchen too? And Peg is like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to be that rich. Because he's like, yeah, they just did that. And Jim and all this stuff, all this stuff his father bought. He's like, oh, he got this thing for his den and da-da-da and blah, blah, blah. But he says, despite all their money, it's all locked up. So I can't even use it. My father won't even help me buy a used car. Yeah, and then Bill is like, oh, speaking of money, Edward, I hear you're not charging for your gardening. And Peg is like, well, Marge did give him cookies today. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) Oh, and then Bill's like, well, you can't buy a car with cookies, which true is true. true. So then Edward offers Kim's friend like some of the meat that he's carved up. And she's like, I can't eat that. You used your hands. It's not sanitary. And I'm like, why don't you shut up? They're scissors. Like, obviously, obviously they clean the scissors. Like, get over yourself. You're just being a brat. So Edward then tries to offer the meat to Kim. And then he accidentally drops Mm -hmm. it in her lap. And like Jim starts laughing. And poor sweet baby angel Edward is just like, I'm sorry. (sighs) And I want to cry. Fucking mean, dude. Yeah. Relentless. The next day, Ed is working on a shrub of a dancing lady, and he starts, you know, just casually chopping away at this little dog's hair. He's, like, doing it for fun, but the dog people transformed, okay, into a gorgeous Mm -hmm. poodle-esque figure with Mm -hmm. little, little tiny, like, fur balls and, you know, the whole nine. (laughs) Yeah. So word goes around that Edward is not only a fantastic gardener, but also an amazing dog groomer. So every woman in the neighborhood lines up with her dog to be groomed by Edward, starting with Joyce, of course. She is already titillated. And then she's like, have you ever cut a woman's hair? (gasps) Will you cut mine? And then grabs a chair and sits down. So Edward starts, you know, chopping her hair. She is literally basically having an orgasm at this moment. Like her toes are curling. It is pornographic. (laughs) So (laughs) he gives her this like little asymmetrical bob and she's like, that was the single most thrilling experience of my whole life. Bro. And then we see a montage of him like cutting all the women's hair. Honestly, some of these hairstyles are like pretty fucking out there. They're <laughs> not my favorite. Very like by Dal Sassoon. Sassoon? Sassoon. Yeah. I think. And last but not least, he cleans off the seat for Peg and gives her a beautiful little fresh bob. She looks great. Back at the Boggs residence, Peg is sitting with Edward while she's on the phone and Kim comes in and Kim is like, oh my God, what do you do with your hair? And Edward is like just sitting there smiling while she explains that he cut it for her and Kim awkwardly walks away. I'm like, you're a very rude miss. Yes, extremely. So Peg is on the phone with the head of Avon Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what makeup to use on Edward. And, you know, the woman gives her some tips and then Peg hangs up and she's so excited. She's like, you know, I always wanted a reason to talk to the head of the company and I never had the chance to. So thank you, Edward, for giving me a reason to. So sweet. It's so sweet. And he's just like, you're welcome. Did she have some good ideas? She's like, yes, she did. I think we're going to get you looking great. The next day, they arrive at the store and it's like at a little strip mall situation. Edward gets out of the car. He does look handsome. 
he's looking sweet and mm-hmm. angelic. Yeah. And he sees Kim in the distance flirting with her boyfriend, just like he's like picking her up and kissing her and all that. And Edward is heartbroken. Helen calls out mm-hmm. his name and he's like, Edward, Edward, we're here. And they walk into the knife and scissors sharpening store. So back at the house, Kim and Jim are trying to get in, but Kim can't find her keys when Edward gets dropped off and he uses one of his scissors to Mm -hmm. pick the lock. And Jim is like, wow, you didn't even scratch the doorknob or anything. Like, that's impressive. Hey, just yell when Peg comes home because I'm going to go fuck Kim in her room right now. He doesn't say that, but it's implied. I didn't (laughs) notice that part. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So who knows what time has passed, but they're they're on a talk show. Peg and Ed are doing a little TV appearance and Edward is telling his mm-hmm. story. The host is like, are there any questions in the audience? And someone asks what the best part of the time he spent in town is. And Edward is like, the friends I've made. My heart is broken. My heart is shattered into a million pieces. He's, he wants happiness. He wants nothing more than happiness. And he deserves yeah. that. But people are selfish and narcissistic and don't have the mm. capability to give him things he needs. So yeah. someone asks if he wants surgery and that they know a doctor that could maybe help him. And Edward is like, I would like to meet the doctor. And someone else mentions that if Edward got normal hands, you know, he wouldn't be special anymore. But Peg just says he'll always be special. And my heart is broken once again. Oh, my God. It is like a it's a running thing throughout the movie where people are always like, oh, yeah, I know a doctor that could help you. But nobody ever comes of it. Yeah. And like Edward so desperately wants to be normal. Yeah, He's like, I don't care about being special. I don't care about like this talent. I just want to like be accepted and be normal. It's so tragic. So they continue asking questions. Someone asks if he's going to open a beauty salon. One girl's like, do you have a girlfriend? And they're all like, ooh. (laughs) At home, Jim and Kim and Kevin are all watching. And Jim is like, sure he does. Right, Kim? And she's like, shut up. Dump your asshole boyfriend and Dave and Edward. Break up with your boyfriend. So once he gets this question, Edward just sits there. He's looking at the camera in silence. Kim is staring back. It's like they're making eye contact through Through the ether. Yeah. He like starts leaning into the mic to answer, but he gets like too close with his scissor hands. He like accidentally Mm -hmm. touches it and it like explodes. There's like sparks flying. He gets knocked back in his chair. Jim starts laughing because he's a piece of garbage. And Kim is like, why are you laughing? Like he got hurt. And she obviously is actually starting to care about him mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. The next scene is a tete-a-tete between Joyce and Ed. <sighs> hey, Joyce. So she brings Edward to check out a salon. And she tells him all about her stupid little plants to transform the space. Edward is like, oh, Peg could sell the cosmetics um, because he's an angel and a sweetheart. And he's always thinking of others. So Joyce walks over to a curtain and she was like, this is really what I wanted to show you here. And she takes him back behind this curtain and is like, I need your help making a decision. She has several different smocks and she's like, maybe I could, you know, model them for you and you could tell me what ones you like. And Edward is just like, yeah, sure. But he has no idea. Mm-mm. The fucking wicked witch, her plans, yeah. her fucking wicked plans. <sighs> yeah. So Joyce pulls out like a little boom box and starts playing like saucy music. <laughs> she pulls out the first smock and she's like, 
seduction mode on. So she's like modeling them. She's like circling him and like touching him. It's so uncomfortable. I hate this scene so much. He is like physically trembling, which she's like, oh my God, you're trembling. And I'm like, no, he's trembling because he's scared. And she like climbs on top of him and starts unzipping her blouse. She like fully straddles him. And she's like, I've waited for this moment for so long. And then uses his like scissor to undo her jumpsuit to like show her lingerie. And she starts like leaning in to kiss him. Luckily, the chair like completely falls Mm -hmm. backwards. Edward gets to escape. He like books it out of the shop and she's yelling. She's like, Edward, come back. Like, you can't just do that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, he can. Yes, he this can. This is like about the time where things start to go downhill for Edward. Yeah. So he joins uh, the bogs for dinner and explains that Joy showed him where the salon is going to be and that Peg can have a cosmetics counter there. And then he's like, and then she showed me the back room where she took off all her clothes. And Bill just totally glazed right over that and it's like you know edward i'm thrilled for you shocking you're gonna learn so much running your own business and he's like the next step is to get a loan from the bank and edward is worried but bill's like with your talent and reputation it'll be easy liza minnelli likely story bill so they go to the bank obviously he has no credit or job history he doesn't have a social security Mm -hmm. number peg is like oh like do the testimonials make any difference and the bank is like no you have to get a social security number establish some credit maybe buy a car i'm like he can't drive he has scissor hands yeah so peg is outraged and she's like don't worry like we're gonna get your money somehow yes quite the bad news For Peg, for Edward. Mm -hmm. On the sidewalk later on, Jim tries to convince Kim that it's a good idea to break into his father's safe. Bro. No. Dump him. Yeah. If your boyfriend could be the character in a 90s teen film and he's the villain, you need to dump him. This is a wake-up <laughs> call if you're listening to this. He's like, there's so much stuff in there. It's all insured. I know a guy who could give us cash, and then I could get a car, and we could put a mattress in the back. And I'm like, Ugh. you are disgusting. You're going to get a staph infection. Dude just wants to fuck. Yeah. And she's like, why can't you just do it yourself? And Jim is like, I could never get the key. I need Edward to break into the safe. And he's like, razor blades will do anything for you. Just ask him. So Kim does agree to ask Edward. Kim. I know. No. So then the night of the heist, they all are like wearing black. They roll up in this fucking ugly flames van. Jim is like, I disabled the alarm. My parents are away for the weekend. It turns out that they told Edward that this person like stole from Jim and they're breaking in to like get his stuff Mm -hmm. back. And Edward's like, oh, like, you should just tell his parents. They'll make him give it back. And Jim is like, no, I already tried that. Like, it didn't work. I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I felt so sad and uneasy watching this. I know. I think Tim Burton does a great job of just, like, gradually building up the danger factor throughout. It's, like, a very satisfying build. So Edward breaks them into the house. They get to like Mm -hmm. the room. He like cracks a lock to the room. Once Edward walks in, the door shuts behind him. It locks him in there. Like the alarm goes off. All these like metal shutters like go down on the window. It's like crazy. Jim is like, oh fuck, like my dad must have had it wired separately. We got to get out of here. And Kim is like, no, we can't just leave him here. She's like trying to get the door open. But Jim just picks her up and drags her away while Edgar is trapped and I am 
once again filled with did rage. Did you call him Ed- Edgar? Did I call him Edgar? You could have said Maybe. Edward. It might have been. I might have misheard. I'm just. I'm so wild I'm up. So, from yeah, how exactly. Angry this makes me. We don't know anyone's names. Jim, Kim, yeah. Pam. I don't, who who are you? Who knows? Poor Edward is panicking. He's trying to get out. The police arrive. Kim is begging them to turn around. But, you know, no one will do it. Jim is like, my dad would prosecute me. And um, if Edward tells, then he'll kill him. You know, great, great guy to date. So the police mm-hmm. deactivate yeah. the system so that the culprit can come out. And Edward walks out of the house with his hands up. But the police, you know, can't see what he's holding. So they're like, drop your weapons. And they are like, if you don't, we'll open fire. And they're on the verge of shooting Edward when the neighbors run up. And they're like, no, no, those are his hands. They're his hands. So they cuff him instead. I like, I know that they don't shoot him in this scene. But every time I see it, I just feel so anxious. He's like walking towards them with his scissor hands in the air. And I'm like, there is hands. hands. There is hands. Oh, God. So Peg and Bill go to the police station to see Edward. Peg is like, I blame myself. I should have set a better example and not envied Jim's family's money. I'm like, Peg, you did nothing wrong. It wasn't you. I know. Bill is like, well, what were you going to do with all that stuff once you had it? And Peg thinks like it's because she said that they'd Mm -hmm. get the money for the salon somehow that Edward was like, oh, I'm going to go steal, which was not the case. And she's like, but stealing isn't the answer. And Edward just like doesn't say anything this whole time. And then she asks if someone put him up to it and he just bows his head. He doesn't say anything. The loyalty. Like I want him to sell out Jim so badly, but of course he's not going to do that to Kim because he's like in love with her. So at the hearing that evening, the psychologist says that Edward has spent many years in isolation and he is not equipped with the tools to judge right from wrong and that his work proves him to be highly imaginative, but his sense of reality is radically underdeveloped. But after saying all that, the psychologist is like, he'll be fine though. Sure. Yeah, sure. He doesn't need any help. No one should help him. Yeah. So the policeman says he'd keep him up all night worried if he stayed in prison and he lets Edward go. So the next morning in the street, the ladies are gossiping. This is the talk of the town. They're all turning on Edward. Mm. So Joyce is like, all along in my gut, I felt there was something wrong with him. Liar. There's something wrong with you. Fucking terrible person. I hate Joyce. The women are like, oh my god, it could have been any of our houses. And then Esmeralda pops up out of whatever fucking cave she came from. And she's like, I warned you all that he had Satan in him and you should have listened. Then Peg and Edward drive up to the house. They're like swarmed by reporters asking for a comment. And Peg rushes him into the house. Yeah, on the phone, Peg talks about her annual Christmas party. I'm assuming this is like a couple weeks later or something like that, but... She's like, of course we're having it. You can tell that right now they're not like a really popular family in the neighborhood. Yeah, they're being mm-hmm. ostracized for sure. Totally, they could have become pariahs after this incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kim sees Edward and she confronts him. She thanks him for not telling on them and says that she tried to make them turn back, but Jim wouldn't listen. And Kim said it must have been awful. That's when Edward reveals that he knew it was Jim's house all along. But he did it because Kim asked him to. And then Jim shows up to pick up Kim. And Edward is like 
filled with rage as Jim shows up. As am I. So Kim goes outside to talk to Jim. She's like livid. Apparently Jim told his dad that Edward is mentally challenged Mm -hmm. so that he wouldn't press charges. And Kim is like, you know, you should have just told him the truth. And Jim is like, well, you could tell the truth too. Like, even though it wasn't your idea, you did do it. Like you agreed to it. So then Kim tells him to get lost. She starts to walk away. And Jim is like, I don't get why you give such a shit about him anyways. Meanwhile, Edward has like left because he does not want to see Jim. I don't blame him. He's like walking to the bathroom and he's dragging his scissor hands like along the wall. He's looking at himself in the mirror and just like cutting up the wallpaper because like he doesn't have the like skills, the emotional skills to like deal with this horrible traumatic thing that he's going through. It's really, really sad to watch. It's sad to see that like he was taken out of his environment and he wasn't able to adapt and like yeah. no one is helping him because they don't really know how and they're selfish mm-hmm. but like everyone is like in it yeah. for their own ulterior motives but mm-hmm. at dinner that night bill is like you know edward we can replace the tiles we can replace the curtains but our trust in you will be a little harder to replace and edward just looks so downtrodden and sad so bill decides to give edward a lesson in ethics and i'm literally like bill shut the fuck up and he's yeah. like what do you do if you find a suitcase full of money? And then he gives him like three different options. I think he's like, oh, you mm-hmm. keep it, you buy gifts for your friends and family, or you like yeah. give it to the police. And he's just yeah. like infantilizing Edward, just like everyone else in town is. Yeah. Kim is then like, okay, dad, like relax. Hey, how about we all go bowling tonight? She's like trying to change the subject. She's like on Edward's side now. Kevin then like goes off on a tangent about like a guy who brought possums in for show and tell. And Peg is like, that's very nice, dear, but your dad wasn't finished. So Bill is like, so Edward, what would you do? And Edward says, give it to my loved ones. (sighs) My heart breaks. And they're like, that's not the right answer. And then Kim is like, well, I think that's the nicer thing to do. That's what I would do. And Bill is like getting into an argument with her. And Peg is like so fed up with everybody fighting. She's like, of course he can't discern right from wrong with this family. And then gets up and leaves dinner. The bogs are falling apart. I think it's like what makes me so emotional about this movie is just that with every turn, Edward wants to be, you know, he wants to have these normal hands He wants Mm -hmm. to be a part of a community. He wants to be loved Mm -hmm. and have love and like be relied upon and be this good boy. But the opportunity for him is like not there, like the nurturing that he would need to be in that traditional role, which who knows if it's good or bad or, Mm -hmm. you know, what's right for people, what's wrong. Yeah. You know, it's just sad that he doesn't get the love that he deserves. Yeah, I think that like what this movie boils down to is like the conventional world is only built for some people. Mm-hmm. And if you are like not in that mold, if you fall outside of like the norm, then like it can be dangerous and it can be harmful for you. Like I don't think that this movie is like people should accept what they don't know. I think it's like this is the way that the world is and it's really dangerous for some people, which is really fucking sad that we live in like a world that is demoralizing like dangerous to us yeah and it's like by our own design yeah so 
There's a lot of gossiping going on. Marge is gossiping about Edward ruining Peg's curtains, and they all confirm with each other that they won't be going to Peg's Christmas party. And one of them says he practically raped Joyce, and it's a miracle she escaped. I like, I wish you could all see my face right now because it is just, I'm so disappointed. One moment they're singing his praises and it's like the next moment he is fucking cast out. Yeah, because he doesn't fit into, like with Joyce, he didn't fulfill her fantasy and what she wanted. Of course. And so she makes it her mission to have him ostracized. It's disgusting. (sighs) So... Back at the Boggs house, Edward is doing some gardening and Kim is watching him. Peg is like setting up the Christmas tree and, you know, she notices that Edward's a little bit down. They've had like a bunch of people call and like cancel their hair haircut appointments. And she asks Edward to give her a new haircut. Oh. And Edward's like, again? Because everyone's turned on him. Then Kevin gets home and Edward's like, hey, Kevin, like, do you want to play scissor paper stone and kevin's like no it's boring i'm so tired of winning and then walks away even kevin is like losing interest he's not like this shiny novelty thing anymore it makes me so sad and then peg is like come on edward like give me the haircut and so he does he gives her like a tiny little pixie cut yeah it's very beautiful outside on the roof bill is stapling some fleece to make a little snowy scene on top of their roof, a little Christmas decoration situation. Mm -hmm. And inside, Peg is working with Kim to put all the ornaments on the tree. And she asks Peg if they should have the Christmas party at all. And Peg is like, I think everything will calm down and life will come back to normal. So Kim goes to look for more bells, but she gets distracted and ends up walking outside. And there's like snow falling And Edward is carving this gigantic ice sculpture. And Kim just feels like the flakes and she starts twirling around as the ice falls on her, just mesmerized by the beauty Edward is able to create. And Ed just keeps going, you know, working his magic on this block of ice. And Kim is having this amazing, beautiful moment of feeling the snow on her face, probably for the first time because they live in Florida. Mm -hmm. This scene is so beautiful. I think it's one of the most, like, beautiful scenes that has ever been caught on film. It, like, gives me goosebumps. It always makes me cry. It's just stunning. I think that it could be so cheesy if it wasn't, like, done the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, if it wasn't shot the way that it was and didn't have, like, Danny Elfman's incredible score underneath it. I feel like it could look so hacky, but it's just, like, oh, I love this scene so much. It's so good. (laughs) I could talk about it forever. So... Kim is like still twirling. She still has her hands up in the air and Edward is like climbing down the ladder and Jim appears from like out of nowhere and just yells, hey, which startles Edward and he moves his hand down. It like accidentally cuts Kim's palm because her hands are in the air and Kim is like, oh, it's just a scratch. But Jim like rushes over and he's like, stay away from her. Like if you ever touch her again, I'll kill you. It's really chaotic. Peg then like comes out. She takes Kim inside and Jim just starts harassing Edward. He's like, you ruin everything you touch. You have no business hanging around here. He like physically starts shoving him. Bill is like on the roof and he sees Edward like walk out of the yard. He like books it down the street. 
So Kim comes back outside to see that Edward is gone and she starts mm-hmm. yelling at Jim and she's like, Edward didn't mean to hurt me. Jim, I don't love you anymore. Like, I just want you to leave. Jim is super pissed and he's like, you're going to leave me for him. But then eventually he does leave. He walks off and Kim wants to go and find Edward. But Peg is like, no, like Bill will go find him. I need to bandage you up. So they send Bill out to go find Edward. I don't like this at all. Yeah. Edward is really upset and he cuts all his clothes off and he's just wearing his leather suit and he cuts some of the hedges down. He stops a tire. He's having a bit of a fit right now. Esmeralda is in her apartment. She's playing an organ when she hears the snipping outside and she goes to the window to see that Edward carved a huge monster hedge in her front lawn. So the police show up to the house to see Edward. And the housewives all convene on the corner and the cop tells them to go home. You know, he'll handle it because they're all afraid. I'm assuming that he's going to like rampage and, you know, ruin their houses and just making him a complete monster. Yeah. When he was like attacked, he didn't do whatever. (sighs) Makes me so mad. So Kim is super worried about Edward and Peg is like helping bandage her up. And she's like, you know... I don't think I thought it through when I brought Edward down here to live with us. I didn't think about what could happen to him or us or the neighborhood. And I think it might be best if he just goes back to the mansion because at least he'll be safe. It breaks my heart. Like it's that line. It's the movie in a nutshell. Like, yeah, the conventional world. It's like this. I don't know if it's necessarily like just suburbia, but in this case, suburbia, yeah. it's like that's the dangerous thing. It's not this man that has like quote unquote weapons on his hands. It's these people with like venomous intentions and like evil in their hearts that are taking it out on this poor, gentle soul who doesn't have any of their learned toxic behavior. Yeah, I'm just totally heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Did you. <laughs> I literally don't even know where we left off because I'm like (laughs) Um, thinking about how sad the scene in the movie is. It's like the last, the last like third of the movie is really just one scene. Yeah, it all takes place that one night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so while they're talking, Bill comes back. He says he couldn't find Edward. So him and Peg decide to get in the car to go look for him. And they tell Kim to stay home in case anyone shows up for the party. Yeah. Edward is sitting alone in a driveway and he cuts off a little piece of a dog's fur and the police car rolls up to him. So Edward gets up and leaves. He walks back to the Boggs house and Kim walks up behind him. She puts a hand on his shoulder and he asks if she's okay. And she's like, yes, are you okay? And then she asks him to hold her and he's like, I can't. So Edward goes over to the window. He's looking out and Kim embraces him for a hug yeah this moment is like it's really small but i think it's really important because it's not like him saying oh i can't hold you physically because like he he can he does like later on in that scene but it's like we can't be together because i am not the same as you like i'm not human i'm not in this world and it's oh it breaks my heart he deserved so much more i know So while Edward is, you know, embracing Kim, this woman that he loves, we see one last flashback. It's Edward and his dad, the inventor. He says, I have an early Christmas present for you and shows him his hands. He made them 
Edward is finally going to get his hands. Yeah. And he's holding them up and then gets this look of just, like, horror on his face. He has a heart attack and falls to the ground and dies. And while he's falling, Edward's scissors go through the hands and it destroys them forever. Edward sees the man that made him lying on the ground dead. He tries to, like, touch his face and cuts him with his scissor hands. It's so tragic. And what makes this even more tragic is the actor that played this man. He was very, very sick while they were filming this movie. He was supposed to have a much bigger role, but Mm -hmm. he was like very ill towards the end of his life. And this scene was the last ever film scene of him before he passed away. Wow. I didn't know that was the last scene that they filmed for him. Yeah. It's tragic. It's You Mm want to be there. And even touching your beloved like father figure you can't Mm -hmm. even have that moment to yourself because you know yeah back to you know present day jim and his friend with the flamed flaming fucking van whatever yeah jim and his friend are getting shit-faced is what i'm trying to say they're in the van and his friend says that he's about to puke but jim is like before you do that you have to drag me to kim's and he was like Kim was right about you because he can tell finally that Jim is mm-hmm. ultimately a horrible person. It's not yeah. like he's like a jerk or like a known away guy. He's a really evil minded human mm-hmm. being. So Jim is like, just drive. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin is walking home from a friend's house and, um, you know, this man is sitting in, in his garage and he spots Kevin. He's like, oh, did they catch him yet? And he's like, what? And Kevin like doesn't really know what he's talking about. He keeps walking home. Meanwhile, Edward and Kim hear like this commotion outside. They go out and they see the van is like swerving all around. It's super chaotic. It like knocks down one of the hedges. Yeah. This guy's shit faced. Yeah. And then Edward sees Kevin walking and realizes like he's in danger. So he runs out and he tackles Kevin, like saving his life. And in the process, he like accidentally nicks his face. Kevin gets a little bit freaked out and Jim gets out of the car to see like Edward is over Kevin. Mm -hmm. He's like his blades are like moving around and all the neighbors come out and they think that like Edward is trying to kill Kevin even though he just saved his life. This huge angry mob forms Bill and Peg. They come out. They like bring Kevin inside and then Jim tackles Edward. He like tries to punch him. And so to defend himself, Edward like slashes his arm. So the police pull up and Kim and Edward stare at each other. She tells him to just run and he bolts. The police follow him as Edward's running back to the mansion and Peg runs outside to tell everyone that Kevin's fine, but no one will listen to her. So the officer gets to the gate at the bottom of the mountain because Edward has run back to the mansion and he shoots like a warning shot in the air just to like scare edward to keep him in the mansion to like keep him safe Mm -hmm. he turns around everybody wants to know what happened but the officer is like there's nothing to see here like everybody just go home go back to your houses he's gone don't worry about it and then drives off meanwhile the angry mob is still standing there and joyce is like well i'm going in and then leads the charge as everyone walks up the mountain to the mansion it's like leave well enough alone you make everything worse yeah In the mansion, Kim runs in to find Edward. She goes to the attic where he's sitting on his old bed and he asks if they're coming and if he hurt Kevin and Kim is like, you didn't hurt Kevin. You know, she says to him that she was afraid he was dead. 
So they start leaning in for a kiss when Jim shows up and shoots at Edward, but he misses and Kim tries to tackle him and he shoots the ceiling. It causes a ton of debris to fall on Edward. And then Jim goes over and starts kicking him and hitting him with a pole. And that's when Kim grabs a giant stick and just smacks him on the head. She holds Edward's hand to his neck and she says that he needs to stop right now or she'll kill him herself. Then Jim like slaps Kim and pushes her off of him. And this is when Edward actually fights back because he doesn't fight back the whole time Mm -hmm. that Jim is attacking him. But once Jim has hit Kim, it is game over. So Edward starts going towards Kim and Jim tells him to stay away. So then Edward stabs him Mm -hmm. with his scissor hands and like walks him back and back and back until he gets to the window and falls out to the ground below. So Jim is dead. Yes. Edward and Kim look out the window. They hear shouting in the distance, and they see that the mob is approaching the gate. Edward says goodbye to Kim. They kiss, and she tells him that she loves him. I was crying so hard in this scene. Oh my god, it's so tragic. She runs downstairs, and when she gets down to like the living room area, she finds like a spare old scissor hand and grabs it and goes outside just in time to meet the mob at the door by Jim's body. Yeah. They start asking what happened and she tells them that Edward is dead, that the roof caved in on him, and that him and Jim killed each other. Then she shows them the scissor hand as proof and everyone is shocked. The mob decides to disband and they all go home. And that's when it goes back to the present, present day Back to the bedroom where the grandma is telling her granddaughter about the house on the hill. And the granddaughter asks how her grandma knows. And grandma's like, because I was there. And she's like, yeah, you know, you can go back. But she says she can't. She's an old woman now. And she wants Edward to remember her the way she was. Then we see back at the mansion, Edward is tending to his beautiful garden that still looks just as immaculate as it did back then. Beautiful. Back at the house, granddaughter is just like, how do you know if he's still alive? And she says that before he came down here, it never snowed. And afterwards, it did. If he weren't there, it wouldn't be snowing. Sometimes you can still catch her dancing in it. And then back at the mansion in the attic, we see Edward carving some more beautiful ice sculptures one of which is young Kim twirling Mm -hmm. in the snow. The last scene is Kim back in the day twirling around in Edward Snowflakes. The credits roll and I sob. Damn, this movie is so good. It is very much a a particular mood if you're trying to have Mm -hmm. like a good scare or just like a fun Halloween movie. This is not it. Yeah. But if you want to feel something, oh then my watch god, it. you will feel so much. Yeah. People are fucking rotten. People are rotten. Yeah. Edward deserves everything that he wants. Yeah. And I just it, it this movie breaks my heart, but like in the best way. Makes me feel alive. <laughs> yeah. It is beautiful the like evolution of his character and I think even Edward, he had to go do it to know that he didn't want to be there and that it wasn't the best place for him. And now he can enjoy his time in solitude and like cherish it. Mm -hmm. 
it's like I just feel like I it's been so long since I've seen a movie like this like not necessarily like since I've seen the Tim Burton style but just something that's this like imaginative because I feel like now everything is just like a remake of a remake yeah totally nothing is new and original even though we have like more content now than we ever have but I don't know I feel like it's just so rare to find something that's like this fantastical and heightened in so many ways and like so outlandish but feel so real and genuine Mm -hmm. and grounded like they both feel like normal people and not of this world at the same time. I think it's really masterful. I think the visuals are incredible. Like I love that it could take place anywhere between like the 50s to the 80s. Yeah. You really have no idea. Yeah, I think I just really enjoyed the premise that was set with the whole like the suburbia and this like Americana and all the characters. I was just so like enthralled by. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I really... Even though you don't, like, get to know them a ton, except for, mm-hmm. like, Peg and um, Edward, it was like reading a storybook for not a kid, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because um, it's, like, fantastical and beautiful, but in a very nuanced way, and all of the performances felt so authentic, even though it's not a realistic story. Yeah. I think it's a really beautiful Halloween movie. I would really recommend Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I think you can also – actually, I think this is a perfect, like, November movie. Yeah. Because you're coming off of, like, spooky Halloween. You're going into Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this lives in that, like, in-between space because you get a little bit of both. Like, I know a lot of people will watch, like, Nightmare Before Christmas in November. And I feel like this fits in that. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Poor Edward. I'm kind of like, I don't want to romance, not romanticize, but just like, I guess, infantilize his whole like character. But it, it's it's really deeper than feeling sorry for him or like feeling mm-hmm. bad for this guy who was isolated and who became a pariah. It's mm-hmm. more just the desire to have this purity of like sweetness of not being so yeah. um, caught up in just social drivel that you can't mm-hmm. appreciate really like pure wholesome human emotion just sitting down mm-hmm. for dinner or like being amazed to see a house and a like mm-hmm. a beautiful neighborhood and yeah yeah because yeah, edward is somebody that's like not been corrupted by our world yeah and that you never you never see that oh god i yeah i could i could go on about how much i love this movie like for years and years I definitely give this movie – well, <laughs> do you want to – should we rate it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What are you feeling? I'm feeling a nine. Yeah, I feel a nine as well. Yeah, it really is a beautiful movie. I just want to watch it again without having to take notes because I feel like if mm. I, I watched it without notes, I could really fe- let myself be, like, emotional mm-hmm. when I watch it and – I think that, like, the thing is, like, I want to empathize with Edward, not feel bad for him. Yeah. I wish I could befriend him or, I don't mm-hmm. know, be there for him. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly. Yeah, it just really surprised me how emotionally taken I was watching it, even though I know all the beats of this movie I know really well because I've seen it so many times, like, my whole life. But, yeah, I just think being older and just, like, understanding the stakes and, like, the greater context to it more, it just, like, hit me so hard. But it felt really cathartic, for me at least, because 
you know, the world is really hard right now and things are not great. And it just felt nice to kind of lose myself in a world that is not unlike our own. Yeah. And just like cry. It felt good. Yeah. And in regards to Halloween movies, I definitely feel like I'm like literally grasping on for dear life because I need mm-hmm. something to like, bring me a little serotonin. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in that regard, yeah. I think this movie is amazing because it made me feel mm-hmm. a lot. It made me feel happy made me feel sad it made me feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff and it was however you decide to feel when you watch the movie I think it's just a really beautiful world that was created for this movie I really recommend it everyone go watch Edward Scissorhands you won't regret it Mm -hmm. (sighs) well I hope you enjoyed this episode yeah it's weird to say I had fun recording it but I definitely feel like very topped up emotionally I do yeah feels like a pleasure to share the our thoughts on this movie yes you can always check us out on instagram it's movies that raised us we're posting a lot of spooky spooky halloween content so be sure to check it out yes you can follow us on twitter it's mtru underscore pod don't forget to rate review subscribe you know the drill have a lovely evening thank you so much for listening to movies that raised us we are mo and christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt bye